And another thing And another thing And another thing And another thing Welcome to another episode of And Another Thing the podcast that continues to set the bar in the world of podcasts. My name is Jody Jenkins. My name is Tony Clement. And we are rip-raring to go Yes, with a show that has no guests. <laughs> no guests, just us. Just us. Yeah. So hopefully, uh, hopefully most of you will stick around. And Oh, yeah, they, they like it. <laughs> you know this? Yeah, no, they tell they, they we they tell feedback. You. They've got they feed, tell you. feedback the people, that they love our, our banter shows. The people tell you. They do. Hey Tony, we uh we just want to stop you in the street and tell you that we love your banter episodes on and another thing. Yes, that was, that was particularly true last night when I was uh at the Massey Hall to see Craftwork. They were talking all about our podcast. Yeah, right. Craftwork <laughs> <laughs> or the uh or the the people watching the show. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, they they in between pretending to be robots, they were listening to our podcast. That's true. I, I checked out. I don't know a lot about craft work. No? but you told me you were, no. I mean, it's, they seem weird to me. I, I saw their Instagram, and just that's weird. They are the uh, they are the ones who created three genres of music. They three genres. Three genres: synth pop. Uh, owes okay. its owes its uh, creation to craft work. So does industrial, and uh, so does um, you know house music, that kind of thing. Really? Yeah. What is industrial music like to me? Is that like jackhammers and excavator noises? It's it's he- it's heavier. It doesn't have to include jackhammers, but it's definitely heavier music. Uh, yeah, with a big thumping, big thumping sound. I wonder why though industrial. Like I don't get why that name. Well, I think like, I think there were initially jackhammers and things like that. Be- oh, okay. Musicians experimented with uh, all these sounds, and uh, it came to be known as industrial. But it's a heavier kind of music. I'm not an expert on industrial. Please don't quote me on this. But and just uh, so I'm clear, you you paid money to go see Kraftwerk. Yeah, and it was four guys sitting in uh, standing in front of consoles, not moving. And but they had a killer uh, visual screen behind them, and we all wore three D glasses for it too. Okay, of course you did. <laughs> it was great. Hey, you don't even know if they were actually doing anything. No, it could have been, been on a loop. No, at the end they they left individually to get, take their bow, and you could you could hear stuff drop off the okay. sound. That's my line, and I'm sticking to it. <laughs> Well, before we get full on into this show, it is brought to you each week by the team at Municipal Solutions. You can find them online at municipalsolutions.ca. John Mutton and the crew doing their thing, and we appreciate their support. And Tony, I know that you can expand on what they do at Municipal Solutions well, well, or way more than I can. Well, Jody, in case you're wondering, they are Ontario's leading mzo firm municipal zoning orders so if you need uh, an mzo from a municipality you can hire municipal solutions they can help with that process they're great for development approvals permit expediting 
planning services with municipalities, engineering, architectural services. If you have a minor variance or a land severance issue, they're great for those things as well. Uh, all of their services uh, are uh, explained on municipalsolutions.ca. John and the gang are ready to help out, and we really appreciate their months and now years of uh, of supporting this program. So way to go, Municipal Solutions and John Mutton. And of course, I should remind folks that uh, we're on terrestrial radio every Saturday morning at 8.30 a.m. on the uh, Hunters Bay Radio. 88.7 FM in Muskoka. Uh, you can find them at huntersbayradio.com. It's live streamed at huntersbayradio.com. And so you can get a repeat of our podcast. And then, Jody, we have a new sponsor. A new one. Yes. Oh, yes. yes. Cool. We're growing. We want okay. to thank the Muskoka chef. Julie is her name. Uh, but the brand name is Muskoka Chef. They have uh, signed on to be a sponsor of our program. Uh, the Muskoka Chef is a female-owned local food services company. They serve the Muskoka Lakes region all year round. Uh, their services include on-site and off-site catering, private chef experiences, and even micro-wedding catering services. They're located on Lake Joseph, uh, right in the heart of Muskoka. And they can deliver their food uh, by car to your front door or by boat, Jody, to your dock. How Muskoka is that? Uh, well, there we go. So so we know, I mean, I'm sure you got a little bit more you want yeah, to add in. but go ahead. We know that we have some listeners and some loyal um, Thingalonians, as you would call them, yeah. that are in the Muskoka area. And so do us a favor, throw a little event this summer. And call her up. Yeah. Muskoka chef on your side. Yeah, no, it's a, yeah. you go to Muskoka, the Muskoka chef.com, or you can phone 416-846-3653. Now, Jody, summer 2022, she's quite busy. Julie's quite busy. Uh, so, but there are some spots left and there's also spots for September 2022 and beyond. And I should, I should also mention they offer vegetarian, vegan, and gluten-free options too. Again, go to themuskokachef.com. I wonder if she could deliver hoagies to Belleville by boat. I don't know. That's a, quite, a, quite a trip. <laughs> <laughs> I'd be impressed. I, I think I'd there be might be uh, having to do some portaging to do that. Now there's probably some locks systems that you, she could go through. And yeah, maybe. Maybe. Make it happen. We'll have to ask um, her about that. Yeah, so that's exciting. So welcome to the Muskoka Chef. And then finally, uh, don't forget, you can become an exclusive subscriber to looneypolitics.com and get exclusive content like this show that you cannot hear anywhere else simply by using the code podcast to get 50% off an annual subscription. Go to looneypolitics.com. And if you've stuck around through all that wow. shameless plugging, you <laughs> really are a fan of the program. Exactly. And we appreciate it. That's right. So where do we start? Well, we had a provincial election. Yeah. What, what is there? Everyone's beating that horse to death. I know. It's true. It's uh, It's been analyzed and overanalyzed. And uh, yeah, it was another majority government for Dougie and the, and the team, 83 seats, the uh, liberals didn't do too well. They lost a leader. NDP lost a few seats. They lost a leader. So uh, this is the, now, now, have you noticed, Jody, though, that 
all of the people who didn't form government, i.e. the partisans of the liberals and the NDP and the Greens, now want to change the electoral system because, uh, of course, oh, it could possibly be that uh, people are quite content with the current sitting government. So they want to move to a mandatory voting and maybe proportional <laughs> I representation. That. I saw that. Of course, everyone starts pointing to Australia. And yes. If you don't vote, you get fined. You get fined. You know, that's what we need in our society right now, Jody, after all yeah, of COVID exactly. is another thing where a government is going to fine you if you don't do what they consider to be the right thing. Yeah. You know what impressed me out of that provincial election was that story of that woman, was it Haldemand area there, yeah. that Bobby Ann Brady? Yeah. And she won as an independent because the PCs, Ontario PCs appointed the individual they wanted to run as the candidate, and she she wanted to be in the running for that. Um, I, I was impressed with that. Like she, and she started out of the gates late, like later than the other ones, and she still won. And she still won. And now that was she, impressive. She did have the support of the outgoing PC MPP for many many years, Toby Barrett. He was my parliamentary yep. assistant at one point when I was uh, wow. in government in the Harris years. So he retired, and he was totally backing her uh, to be his uh, replacement. And obviously it worked. Yeah. Like he literally came, like he said, I'm voting for her. Like yeah. I'm not voting for the Ontario PCs, which that would have carried a lot of weight, but good honor because you know what? Winning as an independent is very, very rare. Very yeah. I mean, rare. I had the biggest example uh, recently was Jody Wilson-Raybould, of course, yeah. uh, federally, but yeah, it does not happen very often. And uh, of course, my uh, particular writing was in the news because the, uh, there was no liberal candidate and the Green Party of Ontario put in so much effort to try to win Perry Sound Muskoka. And uh, they came 2,000 votes short. Uh, Graydon Smith, the PC candidate, the mayor of uh, Bracebridge, was successful. But uh, yeah, it was uh, it did had a few of the, the local conservatives a little bit concerned there. And I'll, 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 I'll certainly uh, admit to that. Yeah, there was some close races in the Ottawa area too. I mean, Lisa McLeod didn't get in by much. And Jeremy Roberts, who was the incumbent in Ottawa and Nepean or something like that, he lost. So yeah, uh, he was one of the few that lost, I believe. There's always one or two, you know, stories yeah. where majority government, but somebody for whatever local reason doesn't make it past the finish line. So it's it's never guaranteed. Nothing. In life is guaranteed. Yes, thank you. <laughs> um, so the other story, I guess, on the conservative front, leadership, mm -hmm. uh, memberships closed last week for the federal conservative leadership race. Six candidates, uh, parties, or sorry, campaigns all coming out and touting the fact that I've got the most, no, I, I've got the most, or I've got the path to victory. Uh, what did you make of, of all that? Well, I think it's pretty clear that uh, the most obvious path to victory, I'm not saying it's over, but the most obvious path to, path to victory is with Pierre Polyev, who signed up 311,958, I think is the total membership. There were over a thousand riding, uh, sorry, over a hundred ridings where he, uh, the Polyev campaign signed up over a thousand members. Wow. Uh, 25,000 in Quebec, 118,000 new members in Ontario, 75,000 new members in Alberta. Uh, yeah, it's pretty, uh, pretty overwhelming. And then the, 
I guess it's not big news, but it's news uh, as of this recording. Two MPs that were backing Patrick Brown today reversed their position and decided to back uh, Pierre Polyev. Yeah, that was Kyle Seaback, and who was the other one? Dan Muse. Dan Muse. Yeah. So yeah, I thought that was an interesting story. They pulled out of the Brown camp, and right. And now, uh, and, and again, I, I endorsements all don't always mean no. everything, but in this case, I mean Pierre's got such an overwhelming amount of caucus support. Really, like yeah, I think it's fifty six or fifty eight or something yeah. like that. Yeah. And Patrick Brown has two. Yeah. Now he has so, two. I don't know. I think that I personally think it's over. I mean, that's just my take on it. And obviously I am completely biased. So I'll be, uh, Oh, we should, you know, we, we are biased. Uh, 100%. You know, we're partisan, you know, that's, uh, that's the thing, but we're, we have invited all the candidates onto the program and, and we will treat them well. Uh, we have one lined up. I, I won't jinx it by mentioning who it is, but we've got one lined up and we've got another one about to be lined up and a third who is, planning to uh to appear as well so that's three out of the six for sure and i'll uh i'll preface this by saying they're there's they're substantial candidates uh we're not getting the also rands we're getting you know the 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 ones who are making the news a lot so uh, we're looking forward to uh having a little bit of time with them and uh, as i said we'll we'll treat them well and and we'll have a good discussion i'll give you a little taste of something that somebody said to it was actually my father-in-law. We were chatting in the hockey dressing room the other day. My son's taking power skating. Uh, my youngest son nice. is five years old and doing great. But anyway, so I'm talking to my father-in-law. He's from the um, GTA area, uh, conservative supporter, but doesn't really fall in line with the whole. He would he would look at Pierre as being too extreme, right? Like that uh, right side of the spectrum, right? I think not warranted, but that's, he kind of buys into the media stuff. Um, he made a comment that was interesting to me. He said, you know, if, uh, if Shere doesn't win or, you know, if somebody from that, uh, the more of the centrist angle of the party doesn't win, I think we're going to have a party split. And I said, I, I said, I think the opposite. I think if Pierre doesn't win, the party is, is going to explode. So I'd be interested to hear your thoughts like honest thoughts, like if Pierre doesn't win, could you not see like the guy signed up to over 300,000 people? Why would they stick around? Yeah, I mean, there's a difference between a party split and people just not having an interest in the winning candidate. Um, I, I I hope we don't go down the road of more. I remember, you know, I lived through the party split in the 90s and uh, it was not fun. And uh, that was for a 10-year period, and it was getting worse and worse, and the the acrimony was getting worse, and we were almost at the point of no return. And when uh, when Stephen Harper and Peter McKay uh, struck the deal to unite the party, to merge the, their parties. So I don't want to go through all of that again. Um, I, is it a is it a risk? Yeah, I mean, yeah, look, look, we're in. We're in different political times, Jody. Uh, you know this better than most, but uh, you know there's no there's no guarantee that a party goes on forever. You could say the same thing about the Liberal Party, or you know. Oh yeah, Hunter. No, Hunter. I get that. I'm just. I'm not saying it's just something that we encounter. I'm just yeah. saying in general. I I get the sense that. Well, I'm I'm from my my own perspective. I'll tell you right now. Like there there are outside of Pierre, there are maybe maybe 
maybe two other candidates I could vote for if Pierre wasn't to win. Maybe right. two. Right. One for sure, maybe two. Outside of that, not a chance that I'm, I would vote for the Conservative Party if if one of the other three were leader. Not a chance. Yeah, and I've said this on the program. I'm I'm a bit of a different beast in that I'm, you know, I'm tribally a conservative and uh I've just chosen that's my that's my family, that's my party. Uh, you know, I, I'm not happy with all the leaders we've had uh, by a long shot, but uh, I stick with them, you know, and um, it would take a lot to dislodge that for me. But that's just me. And and uh, I think I'm I'm maybe a dying breed uh, in the sense that I think more people see things the way that you do in that they are not willing to tolerate, uh, you know, a leadership that is, you know, off the Richter scale in the wrong direction. We saw that how that impacted on Jason Kenney in Alberta, uh, for example, and even Boris Johnson, for gosh sakes, the prime minister of the UK, barely surviving uh, a caucus revolt himself. And he might be just a wounded steer for the next year anyway. Uh, so these things are happening more often in, in uh, so-called stable democracies. And I, and I can appreciate your tribal uh, affiliation on that front, but you're, I, I have trouble believing, and again, I'm not going to name names, but I have trouble believing that you could support someone knowing full well some of the stuff that's gone on in these yeah. campaigns. I I just don't see how you could do it. I don't well, know then, how you could suck it up and do it. Yeah, and what I would do probably uh, is I'd find some candidates that I believe in who are running individually in individual writings and support them and Go just do nothing them, for yeah. the yeah, central fair campaign. Enough. Fair enough. I've done so, that. Yeah, yeah. No, no. It's. Uh, I will say this too, and it kind of harkens back to what we said at the beginning with that Bobby Ann Brady running provincially, is that there are more people I find that are standing up and saying, you know what? No, I'm not going to, I'm not going to sit down and shut up. Yeah. Typically there's consequences, no doubt, but there are a lot of politicians that are standing up and doing that, or they're getting elected and being like, yeah, no, this isn't what I signed up for. And they're gone after one term. Yeah. So it's, I, I can, I actually like that. That's something that I always wanted. I, I pictured myself as being when I was running, I think I maybe was a little bit ahead of, the curve on wanting to do that. I, I think I'd fit in now from that perspective, but I certainly wouldn't fit in with, with, um, you know, the, I, I hate using the word, but the woke side of things in politics, because I would speak my mind and that can get you in trouble. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, let's not forget that Canada and Canadian politics, the way it's evolved is, um, it happens, le- it, it, it historically has happened less here. Like in the UK, uh, just using Boris Johnson as an example again, I mean, you know, they're willing to kneecap their leader because uh, the polls are bad. Yeah. Now, you know, and he's had some scandals and some some moral lapses, party gate and so on. But he wouldn't he wouldn't be dying on party gate if, if, if he was high in the polls. But he's not. And so all of a sudden he's vulnerable. Jason Kenney, uh, they would have forgiven a lot for Jason Kenney if he was high in the polls, but he wasn't high in the polls. And it, it used to be that a leader could tough their way through those issues, you know, the poll here or a poll there. But I, I think there's less of a tolerance for that now. Yeah, things have shifted. And, and correct me if I'm wrong, Tony, and maybe you can 
shed a little light on this and we're kind of going down a little bit of a rabbit hole, but I think a lot of people don't understand this part, but there are aspects of, let's talk federally. So as a federally elected member of parliament, there are aspects of um, voting or within your party for motions and whatever. Let's see. I'll, I'll use the budget as an example. Like you have zero choice uh, if you're in the governing party to to not vote for that budget. Am I correct? Correct. Yeah. Like you, if you, if there was something that you couldn't stand and you totally disagreed with, well, let me actually, let me change that. You could, but you'd be done, right? Well, you'd if you be, voted against, you'd be done. You'd be out of caucus because yeah. uh, it's uh, a budget is a confidence motion by definition. Yes. And if you vote against the budget, you're saying you have no confidence in the government. So, which why, I why think is a caucus? little bit, a little bit of a broad brush, because I think there's a lot of people. I think a lot of people don't understand that you cannot vote against those types of things, even if there was something in there you couldn't stand. I, I think that's a little bit. Personally, I don't agree with that because, and I get it why they do it because, as you said, the confidence motion thing. But I think it's a little bit of a broad brush because, like, look at the end of the day, there could be something in there that I'm like, yeah, I'm not a big fan of that, and I can't support that. It doesn't mean I don't support 98 percent of the bu- the other budget right items. So, anyway. but it would have to be something like to to have that kind of impact on your standing in the caucus. That that one item would have to be so huge because you you just said you agreed with ninety eight percent of what's in the yep. budget. Yeah, but I mean, there are. Th- do you not agree? There are things of principle and stuff that maybe you want to stand up on, and you can't. Because I guess so, but I never found. <laughs> I guess one. so. I, I, I never, never found that one when I was there. <laughs> I always found a way to back the budget. My, my principles <laughs> didn't exist. <there. laughs> it's amazing oh. what you can talk yourself into, Jody. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, you're right. I do love that idea. I love that idea. He fell for it. <laughs> uh, anyway, but I think I think a lot of the of the average voters don't don't really understand. They think you can go in and be a strong voice, which you can, but you aren't limited in the capacity. Like I look at here's a perfect example that Roman Babber mm-hmm. who's running for the leadership. I mean, I, he's, he goes off the rails sometimes, no question. But to me, he comes across as someone who actually is. You know, he has these convictions and he believes in it. He paid a price provincially. Well, but just ask Derek Sloan. Yeah, Derek Sloan is a different. I mean, again, and I know Derek. I mean, I know him personally. Um, I think he, he did some things <laughs> that he probably wishes he hadn't done in, in hindsight. But uh, at the end of the day, it's uh, yeah, you're right. You're right. It's uh, it's interesting. But anyway, I just was I, I digress. I just. Uh, it's an interesting time for sure. And okay, so we've talked about provincial election. Hey, how's your how's your leadership. golf tournament coming along? Your charity golf tournament? Oh, don't get me started on that, Tony. <laughs> the last time we talked, the border thing is still. I've, you know, I've been hounding MPs. Um, I've been hounding Blake Richards, Ryan Williams. I don't know if I sent the note to Pierre or not. Probably not because I know how busy he is. Who else did I? Re- I reached out to someone else too. But well, I'm just, just getting mad. Mess. It's a mess at Pearson. Now, that's the number one story this week. Yeah, so I'm I'm getting a sense, and again, I'll you, you and I have tried to speculate, and you know, sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. But I here's what I feel right now. I always find that the stories, when there's stories that come out about certain issues, it's kind of like something's being telegraphed, and I feel like something's being telegraphed right now because the pressure on 
the government from different bodies, i.e. tourism industry. Um, WestJet came out and said something. John Tory, the mayor of Toronto, said something, uh, I think, today uh, as of the recording of this podcast. I feel like something's being telegraphed where the government's going to relent on the June 30th date, if not prior, because the pressure is mounting. Do you not... Do you not sense that? Well, I would have thought so, but I mean, we're, we're the only country in the world that's still doing this stuff. It's it's so bizarre. And, uh, you know, the uh, the transport minister, Omar Al-Gabra, basically blamed uh, travelers for the problems rather than, you know, anything that uh, the government did or didn't do. But you know my my story about trying to get to Washington oh, yeah. a few weeks ago and having a, a plane canceled and then my luggage didn't arrive for 30 hours and it was just a, just a mess. And that's just, well, we're becoming story. known as a place where you don't want to go. Yeah. Like, you know, we're supposed, like to, legit. Be a, we're supposed to be a legit advanced democracy where things work and that isn't the case anymore. That's well, a problem. It- in true Canadian fashion, and look, I, like I'm, I'm very pissed off about all this. But in true Canadian fashion, and we've talked about this on the show before. Here I am going. Look, I'll give you till June thirtieth. Okay, yeah, yeah. you have until June thirtieth. But if you do, if you don't change it, then well, I'll give you another month. But if you, you know, but honestly, if they don't, if they don't relent on the thirtieth or before. I'm going to freaking, I'm going to, something is going to, I'm going to lose it on someone. I, when I was in government, when I, just a little story, when I was in government, you know, you you always get situations where uh, you've got to implement something that the cabinet wants to do or you want to do. And then all the excuses would start, you know, well, we can't do that because of this or the, you know, minister, all the, the public servants, God bless their souls, you know, would, would say how we can't do it. And my retort frequently was, so you're saying we're a G7 country and we don't have the ability to do this? Is that what you're saying? And then there'd be this like long silence because there's no answer to that, right? Yeah. Of course you should be able to do something. Well, it's, it's, look at, again, use the pandemic as an example. There was, and again, you're talking about provinces, municipalities, but look, the municipalities, uh, many of them weren't happy with what the province or the feds were doing. So what did they do? They implemented their own, you know, bylaws and policies, right? We saw that. Yeah. And yet the reverse, they're not happy. Like you use Toronto as an example. They're not happy with what's, with what's going on at Pearson, but they can't do anything about it. No. It's not like it's not like John Tory can say, hey, we're taking over uh, control of the airport and the borders and we're going to do what we got to do because we want to open Toronto back up for business. So it's it's weird how it can go one way, but it doesn't work the other way on certain things. But that uh, you know, did, you, you, did you see that video f- uh, by Ryan Whitney? By the way, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's what see that's what triggered um, John Tory's big thing. Yeah. now. and that's why I say for John Tory to come out and say this, something, something, there's going to be more pressure mounting. And and if you're a liberal and you're listening to the show, we appreciate that. But I would love to hear from a liberal explain if they agree with with the extension of this or even keeping the restrictions. Cause I, I, you know, look, I'm not vaccinated by choice. And I said to someone the other day, look, I can go to a Jays game with 20,000 other people, no mask, nothing. Right. I can enjoy my, myself, but I can't get on the freaking train. I know to go up there. Right. Like, 
how stupid is that? And 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 planes have the most sophisticated air filtration systems oh. on the planet. So anyway, your original question about my golf tournament yes. is coming along nicely. However, <laughs> I have a bunch of pros from the states. Yeah, not a bunch. I shouldn't say a bunch. Most of them are vaccinated, to be honest. And and the ones that aren't, uh, there's again the great people that want to come and support a good cause, and they're being uh, hamstrung by the border. So it's it's ridiculous. Like so. Anyway, we just keep pushing forward, but it's going to be a great event, July seventh, supporting our local homeless shelter. Uh, the Grace Inn, and also our new transition home called Shiloh House. What fantastic! Uh, congratulations and all the local work you're doing there, Jody. It's uh, well, and, and thanks to the generous support of Tony Clement International. Yes, for being a part of our music pavilion. We're we actually we're sponsoring. So you, do, you, do you remember Leo Rush? Yeah, remember he came on the show. Yeah, from, Leo, uh, the wrestler. Yeah, Leo. So he uh, he's coming to perform. He's no a musician way. as well. So he's coming. To, he's flying in from L.A. And he's going to do a set before uh, the main band goes on on the Thursday. I'm, so. I'm just crushed. I'm missing it. I'm going to be I know. Calgary Stampede. I know. I'm I'm sorry, but I have to be there. So who are you hanging out with at the Stampede, by the way? Well, uh, my wife, obviously. But yes. uh, but uh, uh, Pierre's got a couple of events there, and okay. uh, as well, uh, there is something called. Well, there's a. Uh, I think it's the Calgary Foothills. Uh, EDA, the Conservative Association, that do this annual barbecue at the at Heritage Park in Calgary, and I used to go as a an MP and as a cabinet minister, and it's a really fun time. You meet a, bu- a whole bunch of people, so I'm looking forward to that. There's a whole bunch of side events at the Stampede, not just the Stampede, so barbecues and you you name it. There's stuff going on all the time, so I'm looking forward to uh, catching that vibe again. Um. Speaking about West and, and speaking, sticking with some conservative policies well, or politics, I want to just pump in this one before we kind of wrap up. Yeah. The UCP leadership. Yep. Um, Taves there. What's his first name? Travis. Travis. Is that, is he related to Vic Taves? No, I, Taves is a common uh, name out there. He's not related to Jonathan Taves. No, well, I, I mean, I, they may be related in some manner, but. Is he related to Steve Taves? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. So he announced out of the gates early. Yeah. Kind of like the anointed one. Um, th- Michelle Rempel Garner, her name has been tossed around. Do yep. you think there's any validity to that? Don't know. Uh, and uh, immediate past guest, Rebecca Schultz. Rebecca Schultz. Is Daniel be, Smith. Yeah. Daniel Smith so. has expressed interest and Brian Jean, of course. Uh, so, yeah, it's uh, could, be get, could be getting crowded there. Uh, and uh, it'll be interesting to see where this goes. I mean, Travis Taves, uh, appeared on my other, my television show. And I asked him whether he was considered himself a change agent or a status quo guy. And he said, Oh, I'm a change agent. But I think a lot of people are, are seeing him in a different way than that. So I guess we'll see. I I don't think that to be closely allied with Jason Kenny might not be a good thing. May not be a good thing right now. Yeah. Because they've got a pretty powerful grassroots uh, oh, yeah. membership there. Yeah, no, they're, like, they've uh, been empowered for sure. Yeah, so it'll be interesting to see. I, I just saw that, that that article that said Michelle Rempel Garner's name, and I'm thinking, what? I just can't see that. But I don't know. I, I, it, if, I If I were her, I would wonder whether that was a good idea because the last person that tried to go from Ottawa to Alberta 
conservative leadership was Jason Kenney, and that yeah. didn't, really didn't work out very well. The other thing, too, again, kind of not really picking on Michelle, but we're just using her as an example, is you, I, I, I got into this, too, is you have to pick a lane and stick with it. Like, you know, she's a federal member in the in the country. She, rec- you know, she came out and endorsed Patrick Brown leadership. Now her name's being bandied about for UCP leadership. Like, it's like, what do you want to do, right? Like, it's almost like de- what Derek Sloan was doing. You know, he, he tries to run for leadership. He runs out in Banff Airdrie. Now he's the leader of the Ontario party. It's like, what do you want to do from a political perspective? Yeah, so. and yet, and yet uh, you know, Patrick Brown was a federal He's MP. in the same boat. He's in the same boat. He was a provincial leader until that didn't work out. Then he became a mayor of a, a large municipality, and now he wants to be federal leader. So, Who yeah. still calls himself Mayor Brown on Mayor all Brown. this material. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my gosh. You know what I say? Better them than me, Tony. Better yeah, them than Yeah, exactly. I'm quite happy just watching the show. And Kraftwerk. And, and going to Kraftwerk, exactly. Is there anything else you want to get in for the good of the... Hey, by the way, I'm coming up to Minden um, the week of June uh, 18th, the week of June 19th. Okay. Are you around or what? Yeah. uh, I got a couple things in Toronto. Um, Is there uh, anywhere we can play golf up near Minden or what? Oh, okay. I have to drive there's, to you. there's a course. Uh, I've got my my daughter's grad that week too, so we'll talk about it off air. But it, it's a yeah, possibility. I can come. I'm available. Okay, <laughs> you're gonna go to my daughter's. My daughter's. Sure, uh, I can. Yeah, I can stay for a couple nights. I'll be fine. <laughs> <laughs> Just oh, invite goodness. yourself over. Yeah, so, yeah. Exactly. So that's. Uh, hey, this is yeah, Jody. Sorry. This is Jody. Everyone, he's <laughs> he's a friend. Good morning. <laughs> is this? What did I tell you about putting pulp in my orange juice? <laughs> oh, boy. The uninvited boy. guest. Always a pleasure. All right. Well, thanks again to the team at Municipal Solutions for their continued support. You can find them online at municipalsolutions.ca. Uh, Tony, share a little bit about Muskoka Radio again. Yeah. Uh, HuntersBayRadio.com is where you can get a live stream of our broadcast, uh, 8.30 a.m. Saturday. And again, we want to thank Julie at The Muskoka Chef for her uh, sponsorship. You can find everything that she's able to do in terms of uh, being a full-service food service company at TheMuskokaChef.com. Should we go see her when I'm up there? I'll come pick you up. We'll drive and visit her. Yeah. She, well, she's on, she's on Lake Joe. That's a pretty, uh, pretty pricey place. So, well, let's, we, we'll go and she can make some hoagies for us. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure she would love that. <laughs> I'd also don't forget looneypolitics.com. Use the code podcast to get 50% off your annual subscription. Once again, looneypolitics.com. All right. Enjoy the rest of your week, Tony. And we will do this again in seven days. Can't wait.